Are you ready to go? Come on, give me something. Alright, alright. We've got three baptisms right after church today. So uh, that's a wonderful thing. Amen. Uh, our young Maya is getting baptized today, and uh, she's, I think she's 14, and uh, Taylor and uh, Mackenzie over here is getting baptized today, so uh, we'll do that right after church, a little different than we normally do. Um, I've been in this little mini-series with you uh, for the last couple of weeks, and it was the first one was Stand Tall, which means that we live uh, not in pride, but humility, to be able to stand tall in humility, not pride, and uh, I showed you how a pastor's heart did that. And then last week we talked about living tall. And that, that means living and giving, being able to give out grace when grace is, uh, we need to give out grace. And, and to, to, live, to live our lives in a, in a way that God would be uh, anxious for us to live. And so today is the last one of the little mini-series called, this one's called Die Tall. Um, and uh, I, I know if we, if we stand tall and that we live tall, we should die tall. Uh, I've got a little tomb, headstone tomb up here because this is this is the this is it. This is where we're all heading. I know it's like I don't want to talk about that, uh, you know. But but there's 100 percent of us was born. 100 percent of us is going to die, right? Unless the Lord comes back. I mean, it's going to happen. And uh, w- the more I studied this, I think I wrote this sermon a couple different ways. And uh, I, I was encouraged. I mean, I was encouraged. You know, death doesn't scare me. It really, I mean, you say, well, all that's just words. And not. I, I really understand where I'm going. I mean, uh, I, I'm encouraged to know that, uh, I, uh, to know that the, the moment I leave this body, this soul, goes straight to heaven. I'm encouraged about that. I'm encouraged about seeing my, my Savior. I'm encouraged about that. It's not something that I'm, I'm fearful of. Now, what, if, when, if I could have got back in my mother's room, I'm sure I didn't want to be born at that time either. You probably just were fighting and fighting not to come out into this world. But yet, when you come out, it's something different. It's something uh, wonderful that you've got a mother and a father and, and those that are blessed and, and, and loved. So once we die, uh, it's not something to be fearful of. It's not something to, 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 to shy away from, but to encourage. Be encouraged because I'm going home. Amen? I'm going home. And I tell you, the, the more I live tall and I stand tall, the more I know that when, I, when this time in my life comes, when this season in my life comes, the more I know I'm fine. You know, I'm not even going to know I died. Do you get that? Isn't that cool? I said, here I am in heaven. I'm not even going to think about the death part because I'm going to be thinking about the glory part. Now, the ones that, I, that, that are left behind, you know, Vicki and my kids and other people left behind, now they're going to be grieving and sorrowful about that. But they don't need to be because they, they can rest assured I'm going to be in heaven. According to the, the Holy Bible, according to the scriptures that I've read over many, many years and, and understand, I'm going to be in heaven because I've accepted Jesus Christ in my life. I've accepted that. And I, I've, I have stepped away from the, from the life of sin, from the life of, 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 of no shame and no morals and no anything, and I've stepped into a total different life because the Holy Spirit has come and lived in my life and changed me because I've accepted Jesus through the cross of his cross. Amen? Okay, so fear is something that Satan loves to use with us, and that fear of death scares us. And that's, that's we know that. But you know, I... I uh, I've seen people die. I've been on many different funerals. I've done a lot of different funerals. And I, the one other thing I understand is when the soul leaves the body, there is nothing left behind. Amen? It is done. It is over. It is, a, it is an instrument that God uses to get me back to him. It's a, it's a, it's a tool that, that, that God has used to, so I can use my life, that I can make this choice. I'm either going to make it for him or make it for myself in the world. And I've chosen him. So, uh, man, I'm not going to know I died. Now, on the other hand, those that die outside of Christ, we're talking about something totally different. I mean, a complete, it is so much different. It's different for the one that died. It's different for the ones they left behind. They have to make up stories about where their loved one's gone. A better place, a this or that. Oh, they were good. They were this or that. Uh, they have to make up stories in their mind to try to get their mind to think that whoever their loved one was is okay. Well, I'm t- I wrote something down, and it's just a little simple thing, and it says, 
Not believing in hell won't keep you out of hell. You cannot believe it. You cannot believe that, that your loved one went there. You cannot believe anything you want to believe, but it's not going to keep it from being true. It's the truth. There is a heaven and a hell. Amen? He's, oh boy, we're going to fire brimstone today. Not so much. But there is a heaven and a hell, and I'm convinced that the world really doesn't believe there's a hell, but they believe there's a heaven. Because everybody's going to heaven. Get on the heaven train. There ain't no hell train out there, except for the few fools that want to do whatever. Well, I'm going to tell you something. There's a heaven train, but you've got to get on the Lord train. Amen? You have got to get on the Jesus Christ. There is no other way. There is no other way. Your good deeds and all those things will not get you there. There's one way. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I think Jesus meant what he was saying. So as we get into this sermon, it's not going to be a real long sermon, but it's just, it's just die tall. I mean, man, die tall. Don't, don't, don't. Mm. Just, mm, don't do that. You know, in America, there's churches everywhere. There's no excuse. There's none. You know, as we go through this life and we accept Christ in our life, we start to grow up in Christ. Christ means business with you. And he expects you to do it back. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, Father, I thank you for this message. I thank you for the encouragement, Father, that, Lord, that I know that one day you called me out of complete darkness and you've asked me to stand tall in humility and love and grace. And, Father, as I've stood tall and I live tall, Father, I can die tall, Father, because I know who you are. I know who you are, and I know who the evil one is. It's separated in my heart. It's separated in my mind. I'm not confused. And, Father, it's only by your power and only by your Holy Spirit that I have been able to do this, Father. I have no power on my own. But through you, Father, you've shown me much grace. And, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that I'm a child of God. Lord, I ask you to reach down in the hearts of some today that are, 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 are a little shaky, a little not understanding what's going on in their lives, Father, that you can truly separate the difference today. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hmm. Let's see what my phone here. Good picture, Ray. You see a lot of older churches with cemetery lots, don't you? Uh, me and Vicky's rode up on many of them on our horses, and, and I take time, and I get out, and I read them. And, I, and, and whatever this says here is pretty much, especially the old ones. The new ones, they don't say as much, but the old ones, they give the exact birthday. And they would say something on air that would be uh, beneficial to the one that died. And some of them were funny, some of them were humorous, and some of them were, wow, that's pretty tough. Uh, but nowadays, they don't do that so much anymore. But uh, in the old days, they did. And, and one of the things... Uh, Somebody's barking at me. One of the things that, that I recognize is that is, is, is those ones that knew Jesus Christ, it seems like they were always married out or buried out behind a church somewhere. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, just a, it's just a wonderful thing to know Jesus Christ and to have a family of God that loves me. Because when I leave this body, I'm still going to be loved even with a clear understanding of love. And I need it. I need it here, and I need it then. The one who stands tall will live tall. With, uh, live tall in Christ Jesus. They will never know the sting of death, but be transported from time into eternity. So that's where we're going. We're leaving, we're leaving the realm of time, and we're heading to eternity. And I know we, we could talk on that for hours and hours. It, it's, it's a difficult thing to understand that, that God lives outside of time. He lives in eternity. And he's not, he's not governed by time. He doesn't have to deal with time. He's outside of time. And it's, it's hard for us to, to, to understand that, fathom that, but, but it's the truth. And so God lives outside of time, and that's where I'm heading. I'm heading outside of that. I want to come back, my mind is coming back to one more thing before I go there. In some of the, the people that I've, that I've, that I've uh, been privileged to, to do funerals with, um, the hardest ones that I've, I've done with is those ones that I didn't know where they were going. Some of them you, you know, they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't 
except Christ in your life. You, you know it. There was no fruit. There was nothing there. They never said anything. And the family members don't. They know it. But, but those ones that are on the fence, it's like, you know, maybe, maybe not. Man, them are tough. Them are tough. And, and the only thing I, I, can, I can do when I have a sermon like that is I preach on hope. Now, I don't want to preach on hope for any of you people. I want to preach on understanding that this person died and is in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ right now. Amen? Because I, I, I understand the hope thing, and that's when it comes down to that, that's all, that's all I've got is to preach on hope. Because I don't know what that person did. I don't know what that person did with Jesus Christ. But I know that if you are walking with God and standing with God, you'll die with God. Amen? Amen. And that's what we want. In Proverbs 14, 27, it says, for the, world, for the word of the Lord is right, and his work is done in truth. So we got the, the word of God, the, 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 the Bible, it's done right. It is the truth. It is done right, and it is the truth. Maybe you've got to believe that, grab a hold of that, or you don't. He loves righteousness and justice. This is God. He loves righteousness and justice. And the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. The church, his people, we are the ones he's talking about. The, the other part, the other people that don't understand this, he's not talking about that. He's talking about you, the church. He says the earth is full of goodness, the goodness of the Lord. And all his creation, the goodness of who he is. You should be, understand that you're so blessed. As I look out into the world and I, and I see all the, 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 the things that are going on, especially today, and the persecution of, you know, there's not, there's not a continent on the earth, on planet earth, that's not being, that Christians are not being persecuted in. Every continent on earth, Christians are being persecuted in. And India is one of the toughest ones right now. I know India. Per Christians are coming under persecution in India, maybe more, more stronger than other places right now. There's 69 million Christians in India. There's a billion people. They're outnumbered. There's more people have been murdered last year or martyred last year than ever before. Than ever before. So we don't know what's going to take place in this world, but we know one thing, that Satan is on the move and he's wanting to destroy your life and kill you. Does everybody agree with that? And the statistics show it. In Proverbs, I read this one more time, before the word of the Lord is right. Everybody read that for me. It's right. And all his work is done in truth. <coughs> he loves righteousness and justice. And the earth is full of goodness of the Lord. Now, righteousness and justice, that's, that's all kind of, if you look at the world, they just try to, uh, they try to confuse you with what's, what's right and what's justice and and. Facts don't mean anything anymore. It's, it's, a, it's Satan's way of trying to confuse the church to accept what the world's doing and allow that to come in. In Proverbs 10, 13, it says, Wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding. Now, that's wisdom. That's, that's, that's understanding. That's wisdom from God. It's on the lips who has understanding of who God is in your lives. If you don't have the Word of God, if you're not studying the Word of God, if you're not praying about the Word of God, if you're not in any kind of things at all except walking to church on Sunday mornings, I'm telling you, you're in the heart, you're in trouble in your heart. You need to be opening up the Word of God. Wisdom comes from this, amen? I got nothing for you if it doesn't come from here. I can come up here and speak a bunch of, of, of empty words, but if it doesn't come from the word of God, I've got nothing for you. And neither do you. You have nothing for anybody else to keep them out of that death pit of hell without the wisdom of God. Now, me, I, I, want, I don't want people in hell. Amen? I do not. I do not have any desire to see my worst enemy go to hell because I really understand hell. I don't want anybody there. So, I find it my obligation to educate myself to understand the word of God. People may not want to hear it, but at least I can give it out in a way that they can understand it. Whether they accept it or not, that's between them and God. Wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding. 
but a rod is for the back of him who is devoid of understanding. That's pretty tough words, isn't it? So the people that don't understand it, a rod is for their back. Something fierce is going to happen to them. And we're talking about dying tall. To live and, and to stand and die tall. I want that wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding. If wisdom doesn't come from you, who's it coming from? A philosopher that does nothing about God? You know, there's a, everybody know that Tim Hawkins is in a wheelchair? Oh, isn't he a smart man? Now, I'll see him come on TV. He may be absolutely a genius. What do they say? I don't know. And I really just don't care. Because I know one thing about him. He doesn't know anything about my God. And what he thinks he knows is completely wrong. I don't care how intelligent the world wants to make that man. And I don't care anything about it because he has nothing to offer me. Nothing. I'll take a Sunday school teacher any day. Amen. Any day, somebody that's going to explain Noah, somebody that can explain Jonah to me. I'll take that any day over some man that wants to, I don't know what he spills out. It's nothing I understand, and I don't want to understand it. I don't have to understand it. My job is to understand the word of God and give it out that other people will not choose to go to hell. And that's what it is, a choice. Psalms 36, 9, it reads, for with you is the fountain of life. We'll talk about this fountain of life a few times. For with you is the fountain of life. That's God. With that fountain, that fountain that, that's... Anybody like a fountain in a lake that just kind of goes up? Isn't it beautiful? And then when you put lights on it, it's even more pretty, isn't it? It is just beautiful. Well, see, the fountain of life, that fountain is what God does. That's the Holy Spirit. He just spews out life. And then you put lights on it, which is the light of Christ. It spews out even more beautiful light. A fountain in the dark doesn't mean a whole lot, does it? But once you put light on it, wow, you just can't get your eyes off of it. So for with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. See, in God's light, in the word of light, Christ, we see light. And that's how this world sees. They see something different about you. Boy, wow, and where you're going, you want them to go. Amen? It's good to know the Bible. It's good to know every word of the Bible. But if you get too far ahead and not always understand that you've got to go back and lead people to Jesus Christ, your life has got to be set up to lead people to Jesus Christ because death is coming, and you want that. If, if, you, if all you're wanting to do is read the Bible, understand it, and give nothing back, I don't know where to tell you, but you miss something. You miss something very important. It's called the good news. Amen? So we're, we're to continue to learn. We're continuing to pray. We're continuing to grow. But we are continuing to give it back. And I come here seven years ago to help change Nineveh, to help do something with Nineveh. And I'm going to stay here with my last breath or whatever God removes me. But my goal is to, my mission is Nineveh. Amen? Praise the Lord for all the missionaries wherever they go, and I'll support them, and I'll help them, but this mission, this church is Nineveh. Nineveh. We've got to be pouring out what we can do to reach the lost in Nineveh. The worst evangelist that ever lived was Jonah. He was the terrible evangelist. And God finally used Jonah, not because of Jonah, but because of God, and he saved about 240,000 people in Nineveh. And he was the worst evangelist that ever lived. I tell you, God will work in Nineveh. He'll work in your family's lives when your heart is ready for him to work. Amen? See, God's been ready to work. He's been ready to work for over 2,000 years. He's been ready to work. The only reason God doesn't work is because we don't allow him to work. We've got to change that mindset. I don't want anybody in Nineveh to say, well, nobody invited me from that church. That's just an excuse, I know, but I want people in heaven. Amen? Listen, I want you in heaven. The only reason I preach is for people to go to heaven. To go to heaven. Everybody say, I want to go to heaven. Absolutely. Well, you know, the majority of those people on the planet Earth are going to hell. Do you understand that? They are. Loved ones, family, friends, Hell is where they're heading. And God says, I'll set up my church. 
to provide a way out for those that will accept me. And his church is his people. For with you is the fountain of life. Life. See, there's more about you than you know. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what, what your circumstances are. If you have Jesus Christ and you have a fountain of life, and it's an eternal life, it's light. and You can give it out. You are what your deep driving desire is. See, I'm going to walk through this life on a path of wherever it takes, wherever I'm going. And, that, and most of the time we walk because we desire where we're walking. Amen? You got a desire. And that desire motivates you to walk in a certain area, a certain place. It's the desire of your life. Too many Christians don't desire Jesus Christ. Amen? You got to desire the Lord Jesus Christ. You got to walk in his path. When you do, everybody takes notice and you become that fountain of life. You are what your deep driving desire is. And as your desire is, so is your will. The will, what you really find important, it's your will to accomplish whatever it is. Mine used to be work. I wanted to accomplish things. I wanted to prove myself. What a fool. What a fool. Everybody say, what a fool. What a fool. Yeah, amen, because I was. I had a desire, all right. I had a desire, it was to see Paul improve. I had a will, all right. It was to see what all I could grab a hold of while I had these few years on earth. What a fool. How much stuff can you cram in my coffin? Have you ever seen a U-Haul behind a hearse? <laughs> Such fools we are. I heard that joke once, and it was a loved one that died and had a lot of money, and he said, you put, I want you to put such, such amount of money, let's, let's just say $1,000, $1,000 in my, my coffin where I go, I've never been anywhere that I didn't need money. So you make sure that $1,000 is in my will, sit right there in the coffin with me because it's going with me. Well, they all clasped by the coffin that day, no tears down the faces because nobody really cared about the man. He was just some friend or family, didn't mean much. He didn't have much authority or much wisdom or much knowledge or, or much love as he went through this life because he made sure he had plenty of stuff for himself. So as they walked through the line, the last person walks through the line is his daughter. And she has her purse in her and she pulls out her checkbook and she writes to her dad, Dad, $1,000. And she puts that in and takes the cash out. Now, she ain't no fool, but her daddy was. <laughs> oh, man. That's the life without Christ. Everything in the world has meant so much to you. You've accumulated so much, and you think you've got it, when in reality is you've got a few more breaths, and it's over. And it's over. So you, you are what your deep desire is, as your desire is, so is your will. And as your will is, so is your deed. And as your deed is, so is your what? Everybody say it. Now, I own a little bit of property. Everybody has a house or even a car or, or anything has a title. It's a deed. And I think I've got control over that title or deed or whatever I want. But the minute I die, it gets transferred, right? It's gone. And it says here, what I wrote down here is, this is somebody else writing this, not my thoughts, but... As your will is, so is your deed. And as your deed is, so is your destiny. If my deed is more important than Jesus Christ, my destiny is in bad shape. Amen? Amen. If I think I've got a total control over my life and I know exactly what's going on, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I'm just in trouble. And Ecclesiastes said, I use this a lot of time in funerals. It says, a good name is better than precious ornament. Uh, oh, somebody give me that word. I can't pronounce it ointment and the day of death than the day of one's birth that's a peculiar verse 
because a good name is better than a precious ointment, and the day of death, this part is the day of death than the day of one's birth. I'll tell you something, when I, when I, when I was born in this life, it didn't come with any directions. My mom and dad did the best they could to, to guide me and to, to direct me, and, and my life is kind of made up of my, of my uh, uh, DNA and my genes and, and the people around me. But there was no directions about life. You know when I found directions about life? When Jesus Christ came into my life and gave me a direction. Amen? This is the direction of my life. It's the only one I need. It's the only one that's important. It's the word of God. And the day of death than the day of one's birth. See, because upon that last day, upon that last moment of life, when I'm heading home, man... I've just lived a life that is not really, you know, I've had great times. I love my wife. I love my kids. But, man, there is. It's like this. Isn't it like this? Man, I'm getting ready to go on a life that is going to reach the mountaintops, and I'm not coming down, down from there. I'm going to heaven. I'm heaven bound. Man, Jesus Christ is right there. No sin, no tears. That's where I'm headed. Why in the world would I fear death? Why would I not die tall? I know those things. I know those things. In Revelation 2.11, it says, he who has an ear. I mean, that, that's, that's not just the ears on your face. That means an ear that, that, that is taking the word of truth in. And Jesus will mention this many times throughout Scripture. He who has an ear. I mean, you, you've got to listen. Most of the world doesn't listen because they don't really believe there's heaven or hell. They want to believe the heaven, but they don't ever want to believe the hell part. In reality, if they don't believe the hell part, then they can't believe the heaven part. They don't believe any of it. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let him hear it. I mean, let him pick up this truth. Let it bring in this truth. Let it become a fountain of life to you. Something completely different. I bring some of my friends in here that I've known for years, back when I was a, a kid and stuff. They, this, I'm not the same person. Amen. I'm not the same person, the, the kid they grew up with. I went to church and all that, but I wasn't like this. I'm not the same person. Some of them, they don't recognize me at all. My personality, even though I have the, 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 the same personality, but it has changed. The direction of my personality has changed. Man, that was a good direction too, amen? I'll tell you what, when a day the Lord comes in your life and, and you repent and you change and you mean it, see, that's the mean, you've got to mean it. You've got to mean it with all your heart. Man, there's a new direction in life changes. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. He who has an ear, the person that really is willing to hear, let him hear. I mean, open up your heart. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, what the Holy Spirit says to the churches, what his preachers, what his teachers through the Holy Spirit is saying to your heart. He who overcomes, overcomes what? Overcomes sin, overcomes that failure in life. Overcomes self and dies to yourself. Who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Now what is a second death? It talks about it in the book of Revelation. Now you're going to die physically. I'm going to die physically. But when I die, my sins are covered. Amen? My sins are covered by the blood of Christ. I'm not going to be judged on my sin because it's been covered. It's covered. Only by his power, his glory, his grace, his mercies, his blood, his precious blood are my sins covered. But that second death, that's that physical death. And then you're going to, everybody's going to face Jesus Christ. Amen? You're going to face him. I don't care if you think, I'm not going there. I'll go to the different room. I act like I'm not there. Nobody will see me. <laughs> it ain't like that, folks. You don't got a choice. I don't care who you are. You don't have a choice. I don't care the power you claimed on this world. You don't have a choice. You're going. And I'm going to tell you something else. You're going to your knees. Amen? You're going to your knees. Now, I prefer going to my knees now because when I get there, it's just going to be natural. It's just going to be natural because I've worshipped him now. 
But I'm going to my knees. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to your knees. You're not going to be able to stand. You're going to see the most, the only holy thing there is in the entire anywhere is God. He is the most of holy. And we become holy because the Holy Spirit comes with us and we're set apart. But he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is holy. And his glory is going to put you to your knees. Wow. Now for me, I'm just going to be there in amazement. I'm going to be there just looking at all, the, all what heaven has to offer. Everything, the beauty, everything, the sounds, the smells, the things that, man, there comes the Apostle Paul walking down there. Hey, Paul, come here, man. Just, just give me a moment. I know you. people are lined up to talk to you, but just give me a moment. Wow. Oh, Jonah, I can talk. I said, Jonah, why'd you do that for? No, I was a fool. And inside that well, that, that big fish, it stunk too. These, you know what? This is amazing to me. But see, for those that don't know Jesus Christ, those that don't know him, they're not going to hear these things. They're going to hear the complete, ugliest, darkest. There's not a movie made, not a movie made that can describe it. And that second death. Let me explain to you the second death. You don't know the second death. That's when you come before Jesus and you start to make the excuses. Couldn't make it to, couldn't make it to that church. I know I got baptized, but... I don't know. I guess it didn't work. I guess the water wasn't holy enough. I guess it was the preacher's fault. To be honest with you, I don't think you're going to be able to make any excuses because you're going to see the glory of the Lord and you're going to know what you deserve. You may be thinking about all the excuses before you get up there, but when the mouth of God opens and the thunder roars, my goodness. And that second death is a death that you'll never recover from. It's a death going to the pits of hell. It's a death that says, I don't care how tall you thought you were on the earth, you're going to be in the lowest of the low. And off to hell they'll take you. And you'll never recover from it. Outside of time, you can't judge the time. You can't measure the time. It's eternity. It means there is no hope, none. You've reached the second death. And time and time again, you're going to see people right in front of you, angels coming and putting chains around them and stripping them and throwing into the depths of hell. And you're going to know you're coming, and your mind's going to say, I can talk him out of it. I can talk him out of it. I can talk him out of it. The time you talk him out of it is when you're on your knees and you get into some humbleness and you ask him to come in your life. You don't have to talk him out of it. He'll pull you out. Amen? You pray with all you've got in your heart and you mean it. And Jesus Christ will come in and live with you. Man, we're so blessed. Amen. Everybody say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You know, I'm not going to worry about that second death. I'm not going to see it. I'm not going to be around it. I'm not going to have any part of it. That's not my job. I'm going to be glorifying God. I don't want to be in that room. It says, well, we'll know no pain or no tears. So I... I, I look at that, and I, I don't think I'm going to be in that room with all those sinners. Wherever that judgment, I don't think I'm going to be there. I don't want to be there. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Let death seize them. Let them go down alive into hell. Look at that word alive. You say, well, I'm dead. You're dead physically, but you're not dead spiritually. You're going to feel pain. You're going to feel sorrow. You're going to feel the absence of God for the first time ever. You say, well, I don't know God now. He is everywhere. He is in everything. He is in everything. He's in the church. He's in his people, but he's everywhere. When God leaves, darkness comes. You say, well, my life looks pretty dark. Well, I'll tell you what, that's because God is not in your life. And your life is dark. But once the fountain of life comes into your life, light takes hold. Amen? Amen. Let death seize them. Let them go down alive into hell. For wickedness, wickedness is their dwellings. And among them, 
it. Revelation 2, 7. He who has an ear, there it is again, isn't it? Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Wow. I don't know what, I really don't know how all that, how that is going to work in the tree of life, and I don't know all that. Well, but I can imagine. Whew. I know it used to be, you know, years ago, Ponce de Leon was looking for the fountain of life. <laughs> I think somebody gave him some scripture or something. He just misinterpreted it. Because the fountain of life comes from the word of God. Amen? Now, the problem is we got too many Ponce, is that, is that his name? Ponce de Leon? We have too many of them today searching for the fountain of life. They search for it in the drugs and the alcohol. They search for it in their jobs. They search for it in men. They search for it in women. They search for it in here and there, and they keep searching for it. They'll go from church to church, and they'll keep searching for something, but they're searching for the wrong thing. Am I preaching too loud today? We've got uh, these three baptisms coming up. Two of them are girls over here that Vicky and Michelle talk, deal with, talk with them, and come to church here for, long, for several weeks now. And one of them is Taylor and Mackenzie. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, got that name right. Taylor's easy because that's my last name. Mackenzie's a tongue twister for me. <laughs> you two stand up for just a moment, would you please? They're getting baptized today. And I asked him if this was okay if I talked about him for a minute. And one of the things I'm going to stand is because of what some of their lives, what their life has, has taken him to. They both have died. They both have died. One for a longer period of time than the other, but death was still in them. I want you, everybody take a look at them. They died. They died. And by the mercy and the grace of God, because they sure didn't deserve it, because I sure didn't deserve it, God allowed them life to come back into them because he had a specific plan for them. And I talked to him today, and I explained to him that they're going to take an action today. They're going to bring glory to God. Did I explain that to you? But there's also a commitment to God. An action is a wonderful thing, but if there's no commitment behind the action, then the action was all about self and not about God. It was something that you thought you could just fool God with. If you truly take an action to show God's glory, then you'll be committed to God. Amen? Amen. I explained that to him, and I also explained to him that you don't mock God. Did I explain that to you? Thank you, girls. Action and no commitment is a mockery of God. Oh, preacher, that's tough stuff. I don't want those girls to go to hell. I want what they're doing, that it is true business with God. Amen? And what they do from this day forward, that's between them and God. They're going back to get prepared to get baptized. And Maya, where's Maya? Sweet Maya. Maya, stand up. Now, Maya hasn't lived the life that they've lived. Her destiny so far has just been a wonderful one. She's taken her time and prayed, and she's got good parents, Mike and Brooke, that are working with her and loving her and being very gentle with her. And I think she's going to be just fine. Thank you, Maya. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. When I die, when I die, it's not doing anything here. Does. When I die, I don't know what that tree is going to look like, but, buddy, I'm going to enjoy it. Amen? <laughs> I'm going to enjoy that, dude. 1 John three fourteen, and we started this series in 1 John as a pastor. As a pastor, as John was a, an apostle to, and a disciple and also a pastor, he gave his heart, everything he had, because he loved the people so desperately. 
It says here, we know that we have passed from death to life. Now on this earth, John's talking about, I have passed, even though my physical body's not death, my spiritual body is alive. Amen? And as, as long as that, that spiritual body is alive because of the Holy Spirit, my body has passed from death to life. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brother. Amen? We love the brother. I mean, we love each other. We don't play around with it. We love each other. But sometimes love takes on all kinds of forms. Sometimes it takes on a, on a hard farm. But I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you. I don't care what you think about me. I'm going to love you. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a, an angel or a spirit. I am a human and the spirit. And I'm going to love you the best way I can. We may not always disagree, but I'm still going to love you. And I'm not going to change from the word of God. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brother. He who does not love his brother abides in what? Everybody say that. Death. death. I love my brethren enough, no matter who they are in this world, to tell them the good news, to not be ashamed of Jesus Christ. To not be ashamed of Jesus Christ. Wow, what victory God has given us in death. The death of that old spirit, the death of that old self, that old stinky self to a new life in Christ. I know my destiny. And I'm going to try to stay there. Everything I got. The mercies of God and the grace of God, I go. Those who stand tall live tall and die tall, we'll hear. I'm gonna, I used to do this a lot around here. These are some words you'll find in Matthew, verse 25, verse, uh, I mean, Matthew chapter 25, verse 21a. Who's got it? There you go. Well done, good and faithful servant. Amen? Well done, good and faithful servant. Not when I walk up and say, Whew, you just made it. You did, coattails on fire. And there'll be a few of those. You just made it. Well done, good and faithful servant. Challenge for your week. Don't arrive at your deathbed having left anything on the table. I mean nothing. Whatever God is, it wants you to do, I mean do it with all you've got. Action, commitment. And don't quit. Don't arrive on that deathbed saying, boy, I'll tell you what, one thing's for sure, I'll never arrive on my deathbed saying, I wish I could have worked a few more days. That's not going to happen, folks. I wish I could have hated a few more days. I wish I could have accumulated a few more dollars. Well, I wish I'd have had that, this, that, and that. But you'll be dying on your deathbed, you'll be crying out to God. And I know upon my death, well done, good and faithful servant, because that's what the scripture tells me. Don't arrive at your deathbed having left anything on the table. Van, uh, come on up, please. Leave not one scrap of honor. Maya, go head over and get ready. Leave not one scrap of honor, respect, love, grace, or devotion to God. Don't leave anything behind. Die to yourself. Give yourself over to Jesus Christ. Stand tall when you're called to stand tall. Understand there's a difference when you just need to be quiet. Stay on offense. Live tall. Live tall. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't fall for the schemes of this world. Satan is on a path that is, oh, he's, he is so mad. He is so destructive. And he fools so many with his deception and lies. Don't get on that path. Don't even look at it. Leave not, let not, leave not one scrap of honor, respect, love, grace, or devotion to God. Let's stand.
I think I told this story one other time, but I'm going to tell it, and some of you, a lot of people have never heard it. One of the funerals I did was several years ago. I was up in Washington, up Washington Street, and somebody was going to church here at the time, and dad was in prison. Never knew the dad very well. And they asked me to come up there and do the funeral. So I took off my job and went up there one day to do the funeral of a man that's been in prison, and everything I know, he's just been a terrible human being. I got up there and waited a few hours. Nobody showed up. I thought, well, I know the guy's dead because they said he's dead. I know he's dead. Long story short, I, I call him, and, oh, I missed. I'm, I gave you the wrong date. Okay. I go back the next day. Take off work. Go back. And here they come. Some of the people that arrived just got off work. It was like it was a, just something they had to do. It was very few people there. Maybe seven, eight people, family members. I, didn't see, I don't know if there's any friends there or not. Some of them drive all mud all over them. It was just, they could have cared less what they were doing. <clears throat> I stood there in a corner outside. It wasn't no funeral, nothing like that. It was just outside. And the man from the state, has, the mortician has to be there until... Not the mortician, but anyway, they have to be there until it's done. I stood out, and, and it, it was, I stood there an hour. It was hot, and there was one person missing. It was uh, one of his sons. And an hour, and, and this guy said, hey, we've got to get this done. I've got to be, I'm off at 4.30. It's got to happen. It's got to get done. I said, I don't, I don't know. I don't know these people. I'm just here because somebody asked me to come up here. And I stand there, and finally this old car pulls up and this guy that gets out of it I mean this guy he could care less whether he's there or not and I'm thinking we waited on this guy and I realized that I was there for one reason to give him the truth it isn't about my time it isn't about the guy with the I mean there were several of them just filthy that this guy in a cardboard box with a number on it not a name just a number on it was about to be put in the ground. A little cardboard box about like that with a number on it. Whew. That's what his life was worth. A cardboard box and a black marker with a number on it. Wow. So it wasn't about that guy. It was about me offering an opportunity for those few people to come to Jesus Christ. I wish I had something better to tell you, but all I did was offer it. Nobody wanted it. So I wasted, yeah, I use the word wasted here first, two days of my time. For what? For what? They were offered the truth. They will be held accountable to that offer. That's why. I gave them the good news no matter what. I showed them every bit of ounce of love I could show them. I hugged them. I smiled with them. And they put that cardboard box in the ground. I tell you that to tell you this. It's not about you. It's not about your life and the things going on in your life. It's about your desire to spread the good news. Amen? Even when everything that you're looking at says... I'm just going to get in my car and leave. They don't know, hardly know me. I'll just be gone. You can't. God called you out that people will have the opportunity to repent and give their lives to Christ. Now, I'm telling you something. I may see some of those people in heaven one day. Amen? Because of that time. Or I may not. That's God's business. Your business, my business, is to give the truth when God gives us the opportunity to give it. Amen? Wow. You have been given something so special. You have been given the gift of fountain of life. It's in the words, in the holy words. God uses you to spread that good news. Wow. Rejoice. Rejoice. Pray. Understand. Grow in your wisdom. And every ounce you get, give it back. I 
I've used this principle all the time in this church. I'll use it one more time for some of you new people. It's not how much you know, it's how much you love what you know. Amen? Love what God has given you and share that. And I'm telling you, God will use it. It tells us in Isaiah that he says, His word will not return void. His word, when you give it out, has meaning and purpose. And everything else is up to God. I'm going to open these tables today. You don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You have a choice to make. And to not make a choice is making a choice. Your choice is what I've preached on today. Live tall. Stand tall. And you'll die tall. With humility and grace. Amen. Love your brethren. No matter what it looks like. Love them and love them. The harder the opportunities, the more God trusts you to give out the opportunity. Stand before Christ. And you'll kneel with cause of his glory, not because of your shame. Wow, Bill, I can't wait, man. I'm going to spend eternity with Eric and Bill and so many of you others. I'm going to spend eternity with you. Why don't you want that? Why don't you want to live that? Why don't you want to desire that? Your answer's here. I open up these tables. If you belong to Jesus Christ, come enjoy the Lord. Thank Him for what He's done in your life. Thank Him for what He's done. Ask for opportunities to speak the good news. Ask for it. You'll be shocked how He reveals it. Be prepared for it. Action and commitment. Amen? Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you today, Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you, Father. There's many missing today, Lord, and I know sickness is going around, and I know all kinds of things are happening, Lord. And I ask you to bless those that couldn't be here today. And, Father, for the, for the guest speakers that will be coming in, my son and another, Willie Davenport, Lord, I pray, Father, that you just bless them with truth, and they show your grace and open hearts through your word. Father, I ask you to embrace the crossing that we learn that Nineveh is our mission. The lost souls are calling. While the world is hurting, let us not fear death. Let us not worry about persecution, but give out your good news. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you want to be a member of this church, come forward. Let me know. Come for the class next week. Sign the book. Get started. Get started. You come and enjoy the Lord today.